Hour number one. Rewind. Pause. Pretend that didn't happen. Hour number two of the Blitz starting right now. 1340 AM, 105.7 FM. Live in your Fan Run Radio app. That is free. Wherever you get your apps, download us. Take us with you on the go wherever you may go. We're streaming live on video. That video feed, if you want to watch along at home, it's over on the Fox Sports Knox Twitter feed. It's over on Facebook. It's over on Twitch TV. Lots of places to watch along with us today. If you missed anything from hour one, it was an NFL-heavy hour one. If you missed anything from that hour or any of the fan-run shows, all shows posted immediately following the conclusion of the hour as podcasts that is on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. So uh, plenty of ways to consume your fan-run content. A little bowl pick update. You gonna win? No. <laughs> I need to look too. I, I'm I gonna embarrass myself. I, I yeah, think. you might. Uh, you really might. I'm two and six now. Nice. Yeah. Two and six. Uh, not good. Yeah, I'm six and two. You're six and two. Uh huh. Did you get Western Kentucky? Uh, you must have. You were yeah. five and. Yeah. You, so you picked a touchdown underdog and got it right. Uh, you. We got to go with the Hilltoppers, man. Come on. We we still have, it looks like, 16 undefeated participants in the Fan Run Bowl Pick'em Contest brought to you by Crown Cleaners. Has anyone ever got undefeated? That'd be insane. 43 for 43. Imagine that in a parlay. I, uh, I know a guy one time. Or I know of a guy. It was a friend of a friend. I was I was talking to this girl from Tinder, and and she's like, "My, have you ever heard of of like bowl mania?" I was like, "What do you mean? Oh, have I? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, have you heard of bowl mania?" And she's like, "I had something my buddy was telling me about, but apparently he won." It's like, "What do you mean he won? Like, he won his little group?" She's like, "No, he like ESPN dot com. Like, he won the whole thing." So shout out some guy from what do you Knoxville get for winning the whole, the whole thing? thing one year. I think you get a nice little chunk of change. Huh. Okay. What do you get for winning the whole thing these days? Well, now I have to find out. One of my roommates told me that I have no idea if this is true either, but he said like when he was like, Oh, one million. Whoa. Okay. That's not bad. One of my roommates said that when he was like 12 and Warren Buffett was like the doing, you know, like the billion dollars for the perfect bracket or whatever through the first couple of days or something, like he got like two games away and he was like 12. <laughs> His mom was like, you can't even like get this money. Like you're, you're 12 years old. You're not even legal to get this. I think when I first got hooked, I was, uh, when I first got the old itch. It was because I was like seven years old and my dad gave me a bracket to fill out for his big like work. And you want Company it? Company challenge, and I want it. Yeah. I was like, wait, you're telling me. You're telling me there's a system where you can try and pick the outcome of sporting events and potentially get money? Tell me more, please. <laughs> oh, man. Hour one or hour two. 15 years later. Hour two. <laughs> Oops. 
Let's go ahead and get it started here with uh, with an opening drive. So all I gotta do is just tell you who's gonna score more points, and you're gonna give me cash. This is crazy, crazy, crazy. First down, we got some uh, more portal news for you, Mister Beard. Mm-hmm. Dante Moore, former five-star quarterback. Played, uh, played for UCLA, started sparingly this season. Well, he's announced his transfer destination. Have you already seen this? Yeah, I have. Uh, heading to Oregon. Yeah. Um, kind of surprising. Is he going to sit another year? Guess so. Does he want to try to beat out Dylan Gabriel? I don't think he's going to beat him out. I wonder how Dylan Gabriel feels about this. I saw a tweet that said... Dylan Gabriel should get into coaching immediately after this year. He's got a head start on everybody in the industry saying that he helped develop Jackson Arnold and Dante Moore. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. There you go. Um, Moore was the number five overall player, number three quarterback in the 2023 class, according to 247's composite. Uh, he was originally committed to Oregon, but he flipped right before early signing day to UCLA, deciding to leave UCLA. Played for UCLA in nine games this past year. Started five, completed 54% of his passes, 1,600 yards, 11 score touchdowns, nine interceptions. Uh, again, Dylan Gabriel already committed to Oregon earlier this month, who led the Sooners to a 10-2 record while throwing for over 3,600 yards. Um, I guess this is just him saying, look, I want to go be a part of a championship caliber program. Uh, and I, I, I you know, want to be a long-term starter. Yeah. I'm willing to sit behind Dylan Gabriel. I'm willing to be that backup. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to, to receive coaching. And, you know, I want to be in line to take that spot over. Um, for Oregon, you know, that immediately gives them one of the more stacked quarterback rooms in the entire country. I mean, not only do you have Dylan Gabriel, who has been in college football and played at a very high level for like five years now, but you also have a guy in Dante Moore with, with both the, the recruiting pedigree, uh, the athletic profile and the starting experience in the power five to, uh, you know, really give you a lot of confidence in a backup. Yeah. Uh, Oregon was pretty high up in Dante Moore's, like, top three or five coming out of Well, that's college, what I was saying. He was okay. committed to Oregon until he flipped, yeah, like, yeah. two days before signing day. Um, I don't think I'd want to make this move if I were Dante Moore. I kind of thought he would go to Michigan. From Detroit, J.J., I mean, you know, I, I think he's kind of sitting anywhere unless he just decides to not go to, to any of those. I kind of thought he might have gone back to Michigan. That felt like a little bit easier spot for him to maybe slide in. But, I mean, yeah, it was committed to Oregon, I guess. So, guess just uh, maybe went to UCLA thinking he'd just be able to start from the jump and just kind of, you know, play his whole career out from there. But then, I guess, things go south at UCLA, so he goes back to Oregon. I don't know. It is It is a little strange. I kind of figured he might try to go be a starter somewhere, not sit, not sit a year. Yeah, yeah. I, again, too. I mean, 
I, I just don't know if I would trust Oregon at this point. Because you're going to be in the Big Ten by the time you're starting. Right, but but more than that, I mean, you're looking at an Oregon team that's gone to the portal rather than opting for their like quarterback waiting in the wings since the like pre-Justin Herbert days. Maybe they think this is a switch, though, you know? Maybe. I mean, they just... Too, but, like... They just sent Tyquan Thornton packing because they took Dylan Gabriel over. Yeah. Like, if you're Dante Moore, how how assured can you really feel that, you know, heading into next offseason, Oregon isn't just going to take the opportunity to grab one of the top five portal quarterbacks and roll with it from there, and then you're stuck looking for another new home now without the one-time waiver, and, and you've wasted a year of your career. Yeah. I don't think I would make this move if I were Dante Moore. Yeah, you basically have to guarantee that you're starting your junior year because, I mean, he's going to want to go to the NFL at some point, you know? Like, I, I would think he's – seems like he's just banking on one good year at Oregon his junior year. Which could work. Yeah, and going to the NFL. It could absolutely work, but I think it brings some interesting possibilities in as well. All right, second down. Second down. Keeping with quarterbacks. Dylan Rayola officially – flips his commitment for the third time no not his high school commitment his college did, did commitment he also times. he also flipped his high school commitment a couple he, times he's right? gone to three high schools and committed to three different colleges finally ends up at nebraska switched his commitment from georgia to nebraska yesterday uh with an interesting poem yeah sam will you, will you turn the music down real quick yeah a reading from one Dylan Rayola. In the realm of college dreams, when purpose takes flight, enter Dylan Rayola, crafting his narrative in the night. Once lured by Georgia, where powerhouse glory gleamed, yet Nebraska's purpose in his heart brightfully beamed. In the scarlet and cream, where legacies entwine, Dylan, like Rogers, Rozier, and Crouch, a hero in line. No longer a cog in some powerhouse machine, but a quarterback with an even grander ambition unseen. Mm. Some, so fellow fans await, with hope in the air, but for Dylan to choose, his purpose to declare. And a weekend's decision, destiny calls to fulfill his purpose. Where a new dynasty enthralls. That was beautiful. Thank you, Chat GPT. Uh, I would love, <laughs> I would love to just go be in the room when Dylan Rayola wrote this poem. When he typed it into his laptop. Chat GPT, write a quarterback. Write or a commitment write, write to a Nebraska poem. for me, but talk about the team I'm decommitting from too. Write a poem, Chat GPT. Like, I, I really do think if I put, hey, write a poem about me committing to Nebraska football, but I'm decommitting from Georgia. Talk about how Georgia's a powerhouse, but Nebraska's going to be a powerhouse with me. It might just spit that same thing out. Anyway, Dylan Rayola, number, uh, number eight player in the 2024 class. Um, I mean, he is a hell of a football player once he starts playing, but it does feel like... I'm getting a little uh, a little Tate Martell vibes kind of from, from Rayola, I think, Charlie. Committing to Ohio State, committing to them for like eight months, 
going to Georgia, committing to them for this long, while like your flip being in the air for the entire time of you being committed to Georgia, you then flip to Nebraska. I don't like he just had he had the ends to Nebraska at the start of his recruitment, and they were on him from the start of their recruitment. I feel like I would have just. I don't know. I, I just would never commit too early as a kid, I feel like, because then it just starts bringing all these all these things into play where people start questioning who you are and stuff. I mean, he might be a really good kid. Who knows? But to flip high schools three times and also flip college commitments three times feels, feels uneasy to me. Gives me an uneasy feeling. What about you? I get this feeling I may know him. I was thinking a peaceful, peaceful, easy feeling. You said uneasy feeling. Yeah, I just, uh, I, this screams Tate Martell. Yeah. To me, it's just, yeah, this screams like quarterback where you go, oh, Dylan Rayola's still in college? Yeah, he's in year six playing for his fourth team. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Did he ever figure it out? No, not really. But he dated that one Instagram model. Like, I, that just feels like the kind of career Dylan Rayola's going to have. Got all the talent in the world, too. Like, his film is incredibly impressive, but just seems like he's going to get in his own way. Uh, third down. In today's segment of what is the NFL doing now to make Charlie angry? Well, the NFL has suspended Steelers' mm. DeMonte KZ. For the rest of the season without pay, including the playoffs for his hit on uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, I like Tom Brady's response to this. I do, too. I do, too. Um, I mean, Michael Pittman got concussed. He got no, he, he got, got hit destroyed hard. He yeah. was rocked. And it was one of those hits. That you go, oh, wow. Like when you were watching it. You stop. You go, oh, mm-hmm. oh, like, is he? Is he okay? Like I, I love a big hit, but like, is his brain? That one was like the neck is moving in weird places. You know, uh, like he's getting folded almost. uh, Michael Pittman Jr. laying out for a pass uh, late in the second quarter. KZ flies in head first, kind of, kind of trying to make a play on the ball. Also, just kind of, I think, trying to hit. Michael Pittman Jr. hard enough to dislodge the ball, but uh, the NFL, in a letter to KZ, John Runyon, the vice president of football ops, wrote, with 8 for 49 remaining in the second quarter, you were involved in a play that the league considers a serious violation of the playing rules. The video of the play shows that you delivered a forcible blow to the head or neck area of Colts receiver Michael Pittman Jr., who was at a defenseless posture. You had an obstructed path to your opponent, and the illegal contact could have been avoided. Your actions were flagrant, and as a result, you were disqualified for the game. KZ's already been fined a total of $60,000 this year. Uh, This suspension will cost him another $210,000, and if it is upheld, he will then forfeit more than 20% of this year's salary to just fines and suspensions. That's been an entire different conversation to have for a different day. The NFL this year has been greedy, has to say been the least, <laughs> fascist. Yeah, with their yeah. with their their leveling of fines. 
I mean, like egregious with their leveling of fines. And I, I don't know. There needs to be a, like more channels to, to do something about this. I saw one on Brees Hall that was like, he was just laying a very normal block. And it took away like 80% of his game check. Yeah, like play like for rookies, it like, kills like them, middle you know? tier like, players or yeah, like guys that weren't first round picks playing on rookie deals. Like there, there have been instances where they're just losing their game check yeah. for plays that happen pretty regularly in the game of football. Like yeah. there's no consistency in the discipline. There's, uh, it's just, I'm so mad. Like why are we suspending KZ for the year? Was it a bad hit? Sure. Was it violent or malicious? I truly don't think so. Don't throw a ball like don't put your like what like what Tom Brady said. Don't put your receivers into you know into situations that are dangerous for them. Like that's on you as a quarterback. It's a terrible throw. You can't be throwing it's a terrible throws. Balls. Yeah, like if if whether a player should be suspended or not is debatable, then the suspensions shouldn't be season long. Like like if you're going to suspend an NFL player for, you know, some sort of violent hit. I think there needs to be a pretty unanimous agreement, and there's not. And I think that's the problem. I think that was the problem with Kareem Jackson. I don't think Kareem Jackson should have ever been suspended, yet he's been suspended twice this year. Like, the NFL has gone so far in the wrong direction when it comes to player safety. Like, they're, they're almost, like to me, the, the sport is far less enjoyable than it used to be. Like, I almost, uh, it's not realistic. I know it will never be realistic, but, like, I wish the XFL would just come in and just kick their ass. Yeah, that's not realistic. Yeah, I know it never will be. It's not even a realistic thing to say out loud, but, uh. And, he, I mean, there even needs on to the be... hit, he wasn't, like, like, he was leading with his head a little bit, but you could tell he's trying to get his shoulder in there. It's just that Gardner Minshew is throwing Michael Pittman a ball that is forcing him to dive into triple coverage. Like, that's just... Instant replay, I think, makes things look worse a lot of times, too. Yeah. Uh, which is another just kind of unfortunate aspect of it, but... Like, I just... I don't know, man. I think there needs to be a better process for when or if players get suspended. Like, maybe we need a jury. Maybe you get a jury of your own peers, which, like, quite literally would just be... I don't know, say six offensive players, six defensive players. You pull them out after practice one day. They each sit down. They watch the video. They're presented the evidence. There's a statement that they're given from John Runyon. There's a statement they're given from DeMonte KZ. And then they vote. You just pick 12 players every time something like this arises. You, you do it with Kareem Jackson. I mean, he pulled his head away from the hit. Like, that's the thing that bothers me is he didn't lead with the crown of the helmet. He dipped his left shoulder and turned his uh, – sorry, I turned my own head away from the microphone there. He turned his head away from the hit. Yeah, his head's still going to get in there. But, like, I, I think we're not giving enough consideration to simple physics when we talk about some of these hits. When you're playing in a game that in leverage is as important as it is at the point of contact a lot of times with these tackles or with these, you know, pass breakups – both guys are trying to get as low as they possibly can to get that leverage. And when you're getting low and then, you know, you're initiating contact, whether it's a tackler trying to, you know, fire through a tackle, get your head across and bring someone to the ground, or, you know, whether it's the ball carrier and you're, you're lowering your center of gravity, 
to then, you know, hopefully be able to drive through a potential tackle. When that happens, both players are going to be leading with the upper body. Both players, when using, when coming from a point of leverage low to the ground and driving through contact, are going to drive their upper body forward into the other person. That is going to happen a lot. That is football. Like, I feel like we're, we're, we've gotten too far to the point where we're not necessarily just accepting the fact that, like, like, yeah, we can do things to make the game safer, but at some point, you're also getting millions of dollars to play a game that has an inherent injury risk. And that injury risk can never fully be mitigated. It can never fully be taken away. It's kind of just the deal. Like, hey, yeah, I might make $10 million this year to play a game. I might also have a ball thrown poorly to me, lay out to catch it, get a concussion, and, and, you know, deal with a pretty terrible year of my life. And no one wants that to happen to you, but, like, that is part of it sometimes. Tom Brady's comment. Uh, Tom Brady said, Nobody likes seeing players get hurt, but hard hits happen. Quarterbacks should not be throwing the ball in areas where they are exposing their own teammates to these type of hits. Coaches need to coach better. Quarterbacks need to read coverages and throw the ball to the right places, and, and defenders should aim for the right hitting areas. But to put the blame on the defending player all the time is just flat out wrong. You need better quarterback play. It's not okay, quarterbacks, to just get your wide receivers hit because of your bad decisions. Amen, Tom. Amen. Unless I, I think unless something is incredibly egregious, incredibly malicious, undeniably violent there should not be any kind of suspension and i'm upset if you can't tell i can't i can't tell charlie we've had like four 25 minute opening drives due to due to nfl uh suspension hits something that just gets charlie going fourth down Tommy DeVito and his run. He's becoming a, a greedy little giant. Canceled his appearance at a New Jersey pizzeria. Coniglio's? Coniglio's Old Fashioned Pizzeria announced on social media they would no longer be hosting DeVito on Tuesday after they received word from his agent that his appearance fee would be doubling. From 10000 to 20000 this happened after uh, Tommy DeVito leads them to a victory on Monday Night Football against the Packers. They went on, uh, they went on their Instagram. They said Tommy DeVito will not be here on Tuesday as we originally planned. His agent asked for double of what we, what we were asking as, as a small business. Uh, we decided $20,000 was a bit steep for a two-hour meet-and-greet. Stellato told Darren Rovell, It's a shame that the restaurant promoted that they would have Tommy when we didn't have a signed contract. We didn't raise the price because nothing was ever agreed to. Uh, but Nino Coniglio, the pizzeria owner, responded to Rovell, We agreed to princi uh, in, t in principle to terms. Two hours, 250 autographs, and 10K, and then the agent couldn't be reached. 
until after Monday night's game when the price then uh, was risen to $20,000. Coniglio also sent a screenshot of the text message exchange with Stellato. Darren Rovell posted on social media. Listen, Tommy, I mean, everyone's loving you in the country. You just can't be... You can't be doubling your asking price. You're still not a good quarterback. You're still just leading the Jets to an enjoyable, terrible season. They're they're just you, you can't be asking for too much. This is like if this is like if Jeremy Lin was asking for a max contract after his week of insanity. Take your 10K, go to your pizzeria, sign a couple autographs. Do it for the do it for the hometown, you know. But maybe don't, sling a few cutlets too. Yeah, but you don't need to be asking for twenty k. Like, let's not get too let's not get too greedy here, Tommy. You're still not a good quarterback. You're not, you know, it's not Tom Brady coming to your coming to your autograph signing. You're still just you're going to be a practice squad quarterback here in like a year or two. Take your ten k where you can get it. See what happened to Celine Dion? No. According Do to, I care? According to WATE, she lost control of her muscles amid a battle with stiff person syndrome. We couldn't give it a better name than that. How about you? Uh, stiff person syndrome. We couldn't just. No, I like that. Come up with. <laughs> I like that a, a lot. La- it's kind of incredibly lazy. Just be like, uh, I don't know, man. They get real stiff. Maybe she Call should. Them uh, stiff person syndrome. I don't know. Do some yoga. I don't know. Tight muscles. Figure it out, Celine. Good opening drive. We'll be back on the other side with more. Ever been the... Back here on the Blitz. We got a new uh, AP Top 25 yesterday. Just take a look. Take a little look-ski. I took a gander. See where Tennessee's at? I did. Not number nine. That's not where Tennessee's at. Uh, that's where the Kentucky Wildcats are ranked. Tennessee, number eight. In the latest AP poll, the uh, highest-ranked three-loss team. Eight and three, moved up four spots from last week back into the top ten. It is pretty cool, I think, at this point to just have a team climb up to number eight and it not really even be something significant anymore from like a news perspective. Yeah. Like that's a pretty good indicator of how good of a, a job Rick Barnes has done with this program, that it's just a casual Monday afternoon with not a whole lot going on. Tennessee moves up to eight. It's just like, oh, yeah. All right, when are they going to move up to seven? When are they going to be move up to six? You know, that's uh, I think that's a good indicator in its own right. But the Vols up to eight. In the poll, your new number one, it is Purdue. Back to the top spot over Arizona after beating the Wildcats. Kansas then moves or stays at two. Uh, Houston moves up to three, and Arizona drops back three spots to four. I, I don't put know U- if that makes sense. I would have put UConn above Arizona, low-key. I I would have put Arizona above Kansas and Houston. Okay. I can still get down with that maybe. But I would I would even also consider Connecticut above Arizona. Yeah. Like I, I would I would I would definitely have Arizona and Yukon above Houston. 
like I, I think Houston's a good team. Don't get me wrong, but like they haven't quite played the toughest schedule in the world, and they haven't quite had the same beat the brains in of every opponent they play magic that we've seen in years past from Houston. Mm-hmm. They haven't been overly impressive to me. They've just been regular impressive, which you know maybe you just kind of become numb to it because Houston is just so good year after year after year, but. You know, they played a, a pretty good game against Utah in, in the Shriners Children's Classic in Charleston. They played a pretty good game against Dayton. They went to Xavier. They only won that game by six. You know, they almost blew a big lead against an unranked A&M team. Like I, I'd say they have the worst, uh, like, just a, a resume of, like, opponents that they've played of maybe anyone in, like, the top ten, maybe outside of, like, Oklahoma. I mean, to me, to me though, it's like, Are we really willing to say that eleven and zero like Houston is that much better than you know ten and zero like Oklahoma? Like, why does Houston get to be above Arizona and UConn, but Oklahoma doesn't? Like, I don't think preseason their resumes bias. are that different. <laughs> yeah, it just is kind of the the old preseason biased. I'll be very interested to see what Oklahoma looks like in Big Twelve play this year, well, or even just tomorrow night against right. UNC. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one tomorrow night. That's one that, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it does seem like Oklahoma is kind of like a team that you, you look in, in the standings and you're like, oh, why is Oklahoma number seven in basketball this year? Porter Moser, man, he's yep. uh, quietly just going to work. Kind of the man, low-key, mm-hmm. uh, as much as I really don't like him. He's very solid, and uh, he's got quite the, the one-two punch, too, with uh, Javian McCullum. He's been hooping, getting like 15 a game, the Sienna transfer. And then uh, also Otega Owe getting 15 a game. Like he has two guys basically getting 15 a game. Uh, and, you know, one of them's his own guy. One of them's a guy he got out of the portal. But that is a good Oklahoma team. Tomorrow is a great night for hoops, and we'll we'll talk about that more tomorrow. But uh, we got some decent games tonight too, or at least I think. I think two sneaky good games tonight. I don't know. I'd like to get your thoughts. Uh, the Big East starts tonight. Let's go. Yeah. It's fire. Get Big get East. Get jacked. I love the Big East. I really, That's one really, of my favorite really basketball lo- I love the Big East. I feel like the Big East doesn't really get enough credit for how good of a conference they are. And I feel like their teams sometimes don't get enough credit specifically for how good they are just because – it's Fox that has their broadcast rights, not ESPN. And ESPN is like such a narrative controller in sports that they just don't really give the Big East Maybe, as much yeah. coverage as they deserve because they don't broadcast their games. So I think in turn, like sometimes the Big East doesn't get the coverage it deserves when it's I mean it's been like a top 3 or 4 conference every year. I love Fox better. basketball though. I do too. I think the Fox basketball broadcasts are are very good. Yeah. I think they do a great job. Is uh so ooh I really Marquette don't have, in the dunk tonight. That's what I was about to say. Oh, so, oh. Butler Georgetown, that's one of them. Um, I'm interested in that just because I'm a Butler fan. I don't really recommend anybody else watch that. But Marquette Providence tonight in the dunk really gets me going. Yeah, is that an upset spot? I it think always so. is in the dunk. I think so. It always is. The dunk is always an upset spot. Uh huh. I mean, I think. Uh, you look at, at some of the results they've already had at home this year. A Wisconsin team that has proven to actually be pretty good 
got their eyes beat shut by Providence in the dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, Providence doesn't really lose at home. You know, their losses this year, they lost on the road at Oklahoma by 21. And they lost a pretty tough one in the uh, in, in the Bahamas against Kansas State in overtime. Mm-hmm. But, uh, again, they, they blew out Wisconsin, beat a Georgia team. Kim English in his first year, he's got some guys. I mean, Bryce Hopkins is right back to being a stud. He was leading the way for him a year ago. Now he's averaging 17 and 8. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, he's a very good basketball player, but I don't think people have realized how good Devin Carter's been this year. You know, they have two guys that are giving them more than 15 points a game, more than seven rebounds a game. Yeah, he's giving you eight pretty much a game as well. Yeah, the uh, South Carolina transfer. How did he not get used more at South Carolina? But he's able to give Providence 15 and 8. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, but I am keeping a close eye on that game tonight. I think that is an upset spot for Providence. Could see a top six team go down. Could help Tennessee slide up a spot. Um, I'm very interested in Virginia Memphis, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know how good this Virginia team actually is. I like Memphis a lot tonight. They're 9-1, and one, but there's nothing that's really convinced me that Virginia's a good team. What's up with Tony Bennett? Even the last know. couple years, they just haven't know. looked they haven't as quite, normal as they have. Like they you know? haven't like, had this, uh, the same dominating levels of defense. Like It's taken a step back into just... A very good defense. Yeah, but just the but same. But the offense, offense hasn't really like taken more shape as a trade-off. It's it's been kind of weird, and in this year, like I, I don't know, there's just not anyone on that team outside of Reese Reese Beckman that like would really strike fear into me as you know an opponent. I mean, I guess like Isaac McNeely. Is a guy you have to keep an eye on just because of how good of a three point shooter yeah. he is. But like I don't think he's the kind of guy that beats you necessarily. And you look at what Virginia's done this year. And to me, like the athleticism of that Memphis team just feels like you can get out and yeah. run before yeah. they even get going on defense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh but like when you look at what they've done this year, I, I thought it was impressive that like they battled out that game with with Florida, just kind of watching it. But like Florida's a middle of the pa- middle of the pack high major, you know they got beat down by Wisconsin. They barely got past a bad West Virginia team. The A and M win is That's really the, win, yeah. the only one that stands out of like, oh, okay, this is what Virginia can be. But at the same time, how much of that is is A and M just in the third day of a tournament, or, or you know, excuse me, coming off of a tournament, just kind of not showing up. I mean, A&M shot four of 23 from three. Like, for me, that that was more about A&M just not being able to buy a bucket more than it was Virginia playing some great basketball or playing great defense. So, uh, I also really like Memphis tonight. Mm-hmm. I do. I think Memphis is quietly a top 15 basketball team this year. They're ranked 23rd. I think they're one of the 15 best. I think Penny Hardaway has put together his best team yet uh, you know, you look at the losses and the final day of the Bad Boy Mowers, Battle for Atlantis, they got blown out by Villanova. But before that, they had picked up some pretty impressive wins. I don't want to throw out any allegations here, 
but I could maybe come up with some other reasons why Memphis didn't show up on the last day of a tournament at an all-inclusive week-long <laughs> stay at a resort. As someone that's been to that tournament before, I could see I've seen firsthand some of the reasons why maybe some of the players might not be as sharp on that final day. So, uh, you know, I think that there's more to that loss. <laughs> they like to have a good time. And they beat A&M, and they, they've just recently knocked off undefeated Clemson. So I think Memphis Close game against Ole Miss tonight. as well. I think Memphis makes a statement tonight. Yeah. And really, it's their last big test. Now that Houston's gone from the American – I mean, if you're Memphis, you win tonight, you don't play another good team until you play FAU the third to last game of the year. Like, if you're Memphis, you win tonight, and all of a sudden you could be talking about, like, a five-loss season at worst. Oh, they only play FAU once this yeah, year, huh? Yeah, Wow, okay, nice. Uh, anyway, no, they play an interesting twice. night of hoops. Uh, did I miss the first one? Uh, they pl- Yeah, they play, like, late February and then the last game of the year as well. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, figured they'd play them twice, but... 11.43, Tuesday Draft, close down the show. Coming up next. Calling, Denver snow falling. Somebody said it's four feet deep. But it doesn't matter. Give me the laughter. I'm going to choose to keep. All right, Sam. Ready to, you're ready to uh, draft some Christmas movies? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's draft some Christmas movies. You're picking first this week. Nice. Congratulations. Christmas movies, man. I uh, how do you feel on Christmas movies as a whole? Um, I like them, but I'm not like. They don't get me like fired up for the Christmas season, honestly. Yeah, they haven't always been, like, a an integral part of holiday season for me. Yeah, I'm not, like, a huge sit-around-and-watch-Christmas-movies-as-like-a-family type thing. I just like Christmas. Like maybe, like, Christmas, maybe this but. sounds bad, but for me, like, the, the classic, wholesome Christmas tales that aren't actually, like, great movies, but they're just a warm story that encapsulates the holiday season, for me, eh, those don't really do it. Yeah, some of them are good. Like some but, of the classics are good to but me. Like but some of the actual like good movies, I, I do truly enjoy. Uh, anyway, Christmas movie draft. You got the first pick. Uh, where are you taking it? Yeah, I'm gonna go Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. I'm gonna go Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've never been a huge Christmas vacation guy. I know you're not. I know you're not. I wish I was. You know, I, I love it. I would like to enjoy something that most people do. I, I don't love it as much as other people love it, but I do get it. I love, like, I get enjoyment out of it every year. So, to me, I don't. Clark Griswold, you know, I mean, come on, come on. Like, I just, I guess, I don't find it funny. That's my issue. Is it supposed to be funny? But I don't find it funny. So instead, I just kind of sit there with a blank face. Okay. Um, so I got two picks here. First up, um, gosh. Gosh, gosh, gosh. I don't like a lot of the old ones as some people do either, you know? I don't either, like, but maybe I— Maybe that's just because I'm young. 
I do like uh, this. Might be a weird like first pick, but I'm gonna go Bad Santa. Okay, that was that was I was between that one honestly as my. I I've, I, I, I really like Billy Bob Thornton awesome. a lot. Yeah, and I, I think that's a very funny movie. I yeah. enjoy that a lot. I that was almost number one for me, Charlie. So I'm gonna go uh, Bad Santa, and then I'm gonna follow that up. Complete 180. And and I'm gonna go. Uh, it's a wonderful life. Yep. Okay. Uh, not many of those older like Christmas stories do it for me. You know, like you got all the miracles and Christmas Carol and all the other ones. But it's a wonderful life. I had two old ones on my list, and that was one. That's one of them. That yep. is an all time classic. Like that is one of the goats. That is gets to your heart. Gets to your heart. Gets man. to your heart. Tugs at the heartstrings. Really does. All right. My number two. Um, this one, a little bit of a younger play for me, but I'm going to go Polar Express. Can I say something? Sure. I hate the Polar Express. I hate you. I don't know what that <laughs> makes me or, or, or what Scrooge. that says You're about Scrooge. me, but that is far and away, that and a Charlie Brown Christmas, I truly despise. Oh, you like I, are, get me, you I don't are even, the most, you are literally... The Grinch. I, I don't even want to be. I don't. Christmas? I don't even. I don't even make fun of Charlie Brown. I don't even want to be good. in the same building that like Charlie Brown Christmas is playing in, or Polar Express. Even if the Charlie Brown Christmas is not, not good. a good movie, you have to love Charlie Brown. I despise Charlie Brown. You have to love Charlie despise Brown. despise Charlie Brown. Have to love Charlie Brown. The worst. Uh, you got another. Where are you going? Um, Polar I'm gonna Express go and. Uh, Santa Claus, Tim Allen, such a good. You uh, son of. I want like all of them, but that's where I was going next. That's where. That's to me. That really could have been my number one. That could have been my number. It's one. not a number one for a lot of people, so it's almost not number one worthy. I almost picked it, and I was like, ah, that's gonna. I'm gonna get ripped. That's that, that is my favorite. I love it, dude. It's awesome. I, I love Tim know. Allen. It's so like poorly produced, but so it's it's so good too. Like I don't know, it's so it's amazing. I really love Tim Allen. I do too. He's a good Santa. Yeah. The little kid's so cute too. Like I don't know. <laughs> Can Tim Allen just be Santa? That'd be kind of sick. I'd be good for it. All right, Tyler. <sighs> Back to me. Um, that really threw my game off because I was gonna. I knew what my other one was going to be, but I don't want to pick it third. I want to pick it a little bit later. Gosh. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. What do I do? What do I pick? What do I pick? Come on, Charles. Uh, uh, Give me... Five... Four, three, two. I'll take Elf. Okay. That's a terrible pick. Elf is good, but like it gets overplayed. It's played out a little bit. I, think. I can only watch it once. Yeah. I can only watch it I once. I can watch Christmas it season. every other year. Elf to me is like the first Christmas movie I watch, and then I like I knock back it. Can I knock I, it way back take, into the brain. I wish I could take no, this no, pick no. back. I know. You where took I too sh- long. I know where I should have gone, and I didn't go there. Damn, okay. damn. That's that's the pick that loses me this draft, isn't it? 
Do I have to specify between one or a two? Yeah. Which, by the way, did you pick the original Santa Claus, yeah? Yeah. I guess. I mean, I'd love to have them all, but I guess that is, you know, not really fair. I can't believe I just made that pick. I'm going to go. I still have another. Oh, yeah, you do. But I, I had I had it in my head. I'm going to go Fred Claus. It's a good one. Yeah, I do love Vince Vaughn. He's one of my favorite actors on the planet. Probably top three for me in my in my actors' rankings. I love Vince Vaughn. And I love Fred Claus. It's a good premise, too. See, I wish I wanted to go Santa Claus, Fred Claus, and then my favorite Christmas movie last. And then once you took Santa Claus, I forgot every other Christmas movie that existed. When there was a really good answer, I'm assuming you're about to take it. So uh, over to you for your last two. Uh, I'm gonna go to to my you know childhood classic. I'm gonna go Home Alone. Yeah, that's what I wanted to pick instead of Elf when I panicked and couldn't remember any movie that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to remember Home Alone. I just can't really, I can't really decide between the two. I really like Lost in New York. That's, but the originals are just a classic, you know. It's a classic. Home and alone, home alone, it is. And your final pick, and the and the uh, the the official twenty twenty three Blitz Christmas movie draft. Should I just take Home Alone two? <laughs> home Alone and Home Alone two. Um, no. You got to hurry. Run out of time. Hey, John, you want to come? I'm gonna go. Did you did you already take a Christmas story? No, you I'm got gonna it? take a Christmas story. Okay, and then uh, for my last pick, give me my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, why him? Never seen it. You know, with Brian Cranston, Zoe Deutsch. Love James that. Franco, but he's canceled now. So Charlie just figured that out. out. Gonna, <laughs> gonna have actually, to. I was listening to your show and I texted Sam. Did you guys realize that Franco brothers canceled? I knew that for a long time. Not not Dave. Dave's still alive. Dave's good. But. I like I like James Franco a lot, so I was really disappointed to figure that out. Was James just recently canceled or has nah, he been like canceled two, for a while? Like two or three years okay, ago. Okay, yeah. I, I, I can't I, I keep up. That. A lot of people get canceled. I'm gonna have to deduct some points from Charlie for picking that. All right, best Christmas movies, I assume, <laughs> is the topic. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What do you got for me? Let's hear them. Uh, Sam had the first pick. He went Christmas Vacation, and then followed that up with Polar Express, Santa Claus, Home Alone, and A Christmas Story. That's pretty good five, Sam. Thank you. It's uh, the we, Santa Claus, by the way, not Santa yeah. Claus. Yeah, I know. I know. The Santa, uh, the Santa Claus. I went with Bad Santa with my first pick. That is my favorite one. Uh, follow that up with It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Uh, then made the worst pick of the draft when I went with Elf. Okay. He took the Santa Claus. I was going to go with that. I panicked. I couldn't remember any other movies. I picked Elf. Uh, and then I went with Fred Claus and uh, Why Him? I got to go with Sam. I got to go with Sam. He went with the classics. He went with the popular picks. But I think it was a mix of old and new. Uh, you, you did good. Yeah, it is a little alarming that no one picked the Grinch. The Grinch is great. <laughs> I don't like the Grinch. I don't like you, a lot of You tried of to get movies. too cute with Why Him? If you're going to get cute with that, I would go with Christmas with the Cranks, which is a much better movie than Why Him. Why Him is one of my favorite movies. That's fine, but Christmas with the Cranks is better. Uh, Jingle All the Way could have made somebody's list, but I guess you guys are too young for that one. But Die Hard? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Lethal Weapon is more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. But um, okay, yeah, I give the win to Sam. 
First one in a while. Feels good. You, you did good too, Charlie. Thanks. Charlie gets so sad and salty when he loses. No, I'm not salty. I'm mad at myself for taking Elf. Elf, Fred Claus, and Wyham's a pretty tough third, fourth, and fifth round. When he's Fred, when, Fred when Claus. he gets, what'd you get with the fifth pick? A Christmas, Christmas Carol. <laughs> a Christmas Carol. A Christmas Story. Christmas uh, story, yeah. story. I don't really like Christmas Story, but I know enough people classics, do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good fifth round. It's I good didn't have a classic on my, my problem. Pick it's yet. like, I don't love most of the classics. Miracle on 34th Street, is that, or It's a Wonderful Life, that's where the guy's going to kill himself, right? And then decides not to. He not want to be around anymore. And right. Show him his well, he's going to kill himself. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, uh, I guess and I better not. gets his wings. Yeah. Okay. That's a good Christmas. It's touching. A good Christmas tell. Nothing like, hey, don't kill yourself this Christmas. Good job by you, Sam. Thank you. All right, well, that's our show. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Same time, same place. But uh, for this Tuesday edition, appreciate you all tuning in. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. For Sam Beard, I'm Charlie Collier. This has been The Blitz. Cody McClure spills his knowledge the next three hours on Talk Sports. As the weather gets colder, the 